Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. You know, in marriage, one of the quickest things that we forget to do as couples, and maybe I'm speaking on behalf of of my home, but the quickest thing that we forget to do is we forget to stop dating because of the rat race of life, because of kids, because of schedules. That's one of the first things that we we forfeit in our marriage is that we stop dating each other. And so for the last several weeks, myself and my wife, Chelsea, we've, we've attempted to be intentional about dating. And so, and it's not some lavish date, it's not, you know, it's no big deal a lot of times other than something simple like going out to eat without kids. But what's interesting is every time we go, it gives us an opportunity to reconnect. And it gives us an opportunity just to sit together and and what's interesting is it always takes us back, or at least it does for me. And it helps remind me of why I fell in love to start with because we're, we're, we're able to focus on one another and we begin to, to think back of, of, of when we started dating and you know the, the butterfly feelings that you sing about in country songs. You, you, know, you think about the anticipation because I can honestly say that Tuesday afternoons has sort of been our afternoon to get together and, and I can honestly say that I wake up on Mondays looking forward to Tuesday. Just the anticipation of getting to spend time with her and ultimately it's honestly about all the memories that begin to flood back. And so today is special because that's exactly what we're gonna spend this morning doing. Not remembering Chelsea and I, remembering something much greater. And we've we've set aside this day for us as a church family to look back on what God has done for each and every person in this building. What God has done for each and every person in this room. And we're gonna take time this morning to observe communion, to be reminded of what all he has done. But the beauty of it is, is we'll end the day in baptism, celebrating what he's still currently doing. And so we get to see God's faithfulness from beginning and not necessarily to the end, but as to what he's still constantly doing in our presence. And so before we jump in this morning, I just sort of wanna remind you of the purpose of communion and the purpose of the Lord's Supper and as to why we do it. You know, I love it when, when I've heard it said before that when a, when a staff and when pastors all drink from the same well, the water tastes the same. Because what Pastor Brandon just shared with you, we've not discussed today. 
But what he just shared with you is exactly the first passage of scripture that God placed on our heart to share this morning. And so in some cases, I would say, well, he stole that. We're just gonna X that one off. But no, I think it's very important that we read what Philippians is all about and what Paul writes to the church at Philippi. But what I'm gonna ask you to do this morning is a little bit different. We're not gonna be up here very long. But if you notice, there's not gonna be any passage of the scripture on the screen this morning. And the reason that I wanna do that, the reason that I feel led in my heart to do that is because I want you in your mind, instead of focusing anywhere else, I want you to in your heart of heart, subconsciously, I want you to visualize everything that we read from God's word today. Because it's one thing to remember it, but it's another thing to go there. And so I'm gonna invite you this morning to go there, to visualize what we're gonna be reading from the book, the book that is still living and breathing. And so Paul writes in Philippians chapter two, verse six, six through eight, and I'm hoping this will sort of prime the pump as to what we're about to get the opportunity to do. He who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And this is the very reason that we're here today is to remember that. That the savior of the world humbled himself to come to earth not to be served, but to serve. John 15, 13 says this, that no one has a greater love than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And so we're here today, for some of you, this is going to be a reminder. For the believer in the room, today is going to be a reminder of the price that was paid so that you and I could have eternal life. But I also want you to know that today is also a day for somebody in this room. While it may be a reminder to some, today is going to be the day that some of you realize that creator God gave his only son to provide a way for you to be reconciled to the father. And I believe that God's gonna save people today through the revelation of what we are here to remember. And so what I'm gonna do now is maybe a little bit strange to some of you, but I'm just gonna read a passage of scripture and what I want you to do, as we read about the suffering servant, I want you to go there. I want you to visualize this child that was sent knowing that his purpose was to die for you. And so what I want you to do now is I want Everybody's eyes closed. 
And I want you to visualize what we're going to read right now in this moment. And I want you to allow the scripture, I want you to allow the word of God that is still alive and well, I want you to allow this to paint a picture in your mind. And as we read, I want you to keep in mind that this entire passage is about one man, about one boy, and his name is Jesus. So Isaiah 53, who has believed what we have heard and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a plant, like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sickness. He carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken and struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. And we all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter and like a sheep silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of the oppression and judgment and who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. And he was assigned a grave with the wicked. But he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. And when you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. And after his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and will carry their iniquities. And therefore, I will give him the many as a portion 
and he will receive the mighty as a spoil because he willingly submitted to death and he was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and he interceded for the rebels. What you've just heard is that he was a child just like our children. He grew as a child. And he was despised and rejected by the very people that he loved. He was punished by his father for what we did, not what he did. And he willingly took that punishment that was death. And the savior of the world was buried in a tomb that wasn't even his. But then on the third day, he was raised to life so that we too could have life and have it everlasting. So if you would this morning, let this motivate you that because he gave his all, the least we can do is give ourselves back to him. The least we can do is give ourselves back to the one who purchased us. This morning, before we participate in communion, there's one thing that we need to, to, to stress, and that is the importance. The importance of unity as the body of believers, as, as the importance of unity between the child of God and the Father. And so we're gonna look at a passage right quick where Paul challenged the church at Corinth to examine themselves. But Paul also warns them as he tells them to examine themselves. He also warns them to not participate in communion or the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 and 28, Paul says this, said that, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself in this. Let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. If you read this passage, the context around it, there are three things that would deem someone unworthy to participate in communion or the Lord's Supper. Two of them are for the believer. So as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there are two things that would deem us unworthy this morning to partake of the Lord's Supper. And one of them is this, is there unconfessed sin in your life? Is there sin that you have failed to confess to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and ask for the redemptive power of his blood to cleanse you? 
And I can honestly tell you that for me, the answer to that question is yes. And so when we confess that sin before a holy and a righteous God, we are cleansed. And in that moment, we are unified with God. That sin is removed that comes between us and the Father. And so this morning, we're gonna give you an opportunity to confess that sin before the Lord Jesus, before we partake of communion. But then the second thing that would deem a child of God unworthy to partake of communion is this, and this is one that is hard for us to reconcile. And that is this, is there friction between you and another child of God? Is there unforgiveness between you and a brother or sister in Christ? And if there is, and it's not been taken care of, that I encourage you this morning, don't participate until it's made right. And so in just a moment, we're gonna give you an opportunity to make things right, to make things right between you and the Lord, but to also make things right between you and another child of God. And as we give you an opportunity to respond in just a moment, it may be somebody that's in this room. There's a reason they're sitting on one side and you're sitting on the other. And what we wanna invite you to do this morning is to go make things right. And you say, well, Brian, that's really gonna be uncomfortable. That's okay. That's okay. And some of you in this moment, you're going, well, praise God, they're not here today. You got a phone in your pocket. And before you partake of the Lord's Supper, take out the phone. Maybe you need to go out in the hallway and call somebody. Or maybe you simply need to send them a text message that says, I'm sorry. But I encourage you this morning as a child of God, posture your heart this morning to where you can participate. But then lastly, the last thing that would deem someone unworthy is meant for the unbeliever. For someone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to know this morning, and I want you to hear my heart, that if you're not a child of God, if you've never surrendered and trusted in Jesus Christ for the, redemptive, for the redemption of your soul, then this morning is not for you. But praise be unto God, it can be. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29 Paul writes this, for whoever eats this and drinks without recognizing the body and eats and drinks in judgment upon himself, if you have not trusted in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord, then this is not for you. But I believe it would be just like God to save somebody before we participate this morning. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit of God has been drawing you over the last several weeks and you've yet to place your faith and trust in that. In just a moment, we're gonna respond. And if today is the day that you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, I can't invite you, but the presence of God can. 
You know, and I know you may be sitting there, well, Brian, what must I do to be saved? What does that mean? Paul and Silas heard the comment from a jailer who was in charge of them. As they were released from prison by the supernatural work of God, the jailer looked at Paul and Silas and asked that very question, what must I do to be saved? And it was as simple as this. Paul and Silas responded, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Mark chapter one, verse 15, we hear to repent and believe. And so this morning, as you ask the question, what must I do to be saved? You do the very thing that Paul and Silas told the jailer. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You repent from following yourself and you surrender your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. And in that moment, you are qualified to participate, to remember the sacrifice that was given for you. And so before we move any further today, I wanna give us as a church family an opportunity to examine ourselves. And what that's gonna look like is this altar is gonna be open. You're free to move around the building to maybe it's to make things right with someone or maybe it's to fall on your knees and to confess the sin in your life to a holy and a righteous God. But I also want you to know I'm gonna be down front. And if you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ, I would love to pray with you. I would love to even show you from scripture what that means and what that looks like. But as the music continues to play behind us, I'm gonna usher us in by, by praying that you would be obedient. And that you would just enter a time to ask the Spirit of God to examine you. God, I pray that right now in this moment that you would move about this building. And God, that we would confess our sins before you. And God, that if there's someone that we hold something against in this room, Lord, I pray that before we take of this communion, God, that we would move in an attempt to make things right. But God, I also pray that if there's someone in our midst that doesn't know you today, Lord, I pray that you would save them right now in this moment. And so God, I just pray that as we feel your presence, that we would move in obedience today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we get ready to prepare to partake of communion, I want you to understand that we've I trust that we've looked within. But I also trust that we've looked around. But now what we're gonna do is take some times with the clean hands and a pure heart to look back. And so I want you at this time to go ahead and take your elements and open them. They should be in the seat back in front of you or in your seat.
And so the place that we're gonna read this from is when Paul was speaking to the church at Corinth and he was reminding them of the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples the night before his persecution, which ultimately led to his crucifixion. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the very beginning and we're gonna simply be reminded and remember of Jesus' broken body, understanding that he had all authority to stop it. But I've asked my wife, Chelsea, if she would, to thank God for the crushed body of his son. God, God, we come to you this morning, Father. God, and I just thank you, God, for standing in our place. God, you willingly, just like Brian said a minute ago, God, you willingly made the ultimate trade. God, you didn't have to do it. You could have called yourself down off that cross at any moment, but you willingly did it because of your love for us. God, you took our sins and our transgressions so that we may have the righteousness of God and be in right relationship with you. God, you took our punishment. So God, I pray that we never forget the price that you paid, Father God. God, we love you and we thank you this morning. Amen. And on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And now at this time, we wanna think on the shedding of his blood that all it took was one drop to cleanse all of mankind. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22 says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so let's take just a moment to thank Jesus for the shedding of his blood. Father, God, we just remember today the sacrifice that you made at Calvary. God, all of our sins, God, are washed away because of your precious blood, God, again, that you willingly shed. And because of that, God, we can be saved by grace through faith and have an eternal relationship with you. So, God, we just remember today, God, and we thank you for paying the ultimate price and shedding your blood on the cross. Amen. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper and he said, this is my cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it and do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, 
one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org. And don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.